Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I am Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. We are here to preview the early signing period. Right now, we're going to break it all down. Official visitors this past weekend, transfer portal news, LSU gets a commitment on that front. More to come on the way, we think. And we'll give our final thoughts ahead of that early signing period as of now on where things stand with some of LSU's top remaining targets. So, Shay, let's jump on in with the biggest news uh, that came from this weekend, and that was LSU landing Alabama wide receiver transfer Aaron Anderson, uh, a Louisiana native, a former car standout, uh, who decided to come on home to Louisiana to finish out his college ball. Uh, He missed all of last season with the Tide, uh, but he enrolled early in January and was kind of making some headway uh, in the spring game. He um, uh, he had two of six targets uh, for 11 yards, nothing crazy, but it was also pouring down rain in that spring game. Uh, He was running with the first team. Then he gets hurt, has a meniscus injury, uh, and ends up not really playing for the Tide um, this season. So he enters the portal. Lo and behold, LSU stayed patient like we told you all they would, and he commits to LSU here and is set to sign with the Tigers uh, during the early signing period. You are the biggest Billy Downer, Debbie Downer there is. You literally had to reel off his – only unproductive eight months of football in his life. Everything, obviously what we judge Aaron Anderson off of, which, as you said, a redshirt year. So he's basically a redshirt freshman, four years to go. It's almost like he's a high school recruit. He, I think one service had him as number one in Louisiana. I don't don't remember where we had him, but certainly top five, Um, but was really dominant at Edna Carr and, was one of the best players in the city, was committed to LSU for a long time, was very productive as a senior, which is what you want to see, was good enough for LSU and Bama to be fighting over him uh, and Bama ultimately to flip him. I think this is a big addition because, yes, it helps in the receiver room, which I think is really talented, and he's another slot guy, but also it gives you a viable option in the return game which if you're circling special teams issues this year, there were woes there and there was lack of production there. Whatever it might be, you can be better. Um, and he helps with that. So I think I couldn't have envisioned a better first addition to the portal by going and getting someone that a year ago fans melted that he was going to go to Alabama. Now he's back. So that's a win. Now, I'll say this. Yes, I reeled off what he's done in the last year, but he was dominant at Edna Carr. He had verified track times. He made big play after big play in the return game. Uh, Very productive as a slot guy and kind of somebody you can line up all over the field. I mean, he could probably take handoffs and do quick hitters as well if they wanted to go with him in that regard as well. 
one, uh, you say they melted, but then they also turned heel and said, well, he was 5'8", you know, slot receiver. Who needs him? You know, receiver will never be an issue. But then the sun comes home. The Edna Carr standout is coming back to LSU. I love the transfer portal for stuff like this. Uh, when Billy's you, keeping receipts of everyone that was hating. Oh my gosh! I, I well, actually, I was still with twenty four seven at the time, so I, I I have to get somebody else to uh, you know get those receipts. But look, we had him as the fifty fifth overall prospect, number eight wide receiver in the class. But what we had him as was the number two prospect in Louisiana, which I think is right on with where he was last year uh, coming out of Edna Carr. I mean, just so explosive and. In today's day and age of college football, everybody's looking for Rondell Moore. But that, I mean, that's his comp for me. I saw him at the Under Armour uh, underclassman report when he uh, went through that. I believe it was spring before um, he was, uh, you know, going into his senior year. He was excellent, really, really uh, impressive in terms of his testing. He backed that up with good track times. I mean, this is a kid that, size aside, he's going to be explosive enough to factor in I think right away in that slot position you know LSU's bringing in four really talented receivers from the high school ranks they return a good bit of receiver talent as we all know Uh, but he's somebody that brings something completely different than what LSU already has on the roster in my opinion so I'm all for this one I mean I I didn't get the dogging uh, of him when when he did flip you know Ed Ogeron got fired he said I'm gonna decommit if Ed Ogeron got fired he said that he ends up decommitting. I spoke with a source about this. I think Aaron Anderson really wanted to go to LSU. And I mean, this shows that, you know, he spent one year in Tuscaloosa uh, and they they bring back Frank Wilson, who had a huge role in this. Uh, and when he entered the portal, he was right at the top of the list for targets for LSU. So, and he comes home. I, I mean, I think he had two options. Um, there was a lot of uncertainty around LSU and he went with the safer bet. Um, in a way at that time for him with Alabama, he comes back to LSU. That should be water under the bridge. Everybody move on. And I think this is a big addition. I'm with you. I like it. Great start. Also would say that if you wanted to go to LSU, he would have just gone to LSU, but Hey, he's back. So no biggie moving on. Hey, this is also a lesson learned. Let me educate here for a moment. Don't freak out when an in-state kid leaves and you think it's the end of the world, we'll have to start monitoring this of the, like, however many so far there were what four or five kids everyone freaked out about last year when they left. Well, one of them's back now. So little life lesson there. Don't, it's not the end of the world. The portal era giveth and taketh and it can give you back some players you missed. Yep. And I mean, this is just how it is now. And kids always talk about business decisions and sometimes having to, you know, go that route with it. And Aaron Anderson probably made that one um, last year and and ends up, you know, finding out that it wasn't. It's not a bad business decision. LSU was without a coach and exactly the first losing season since 1999 and Bama was the number one seed in the playoffs. So, yep. So Aaron Anderson comes home first. Aaron Anderson's in. First edition from the transfer portal for LSU. More on the way. We'll have more on that in a minute. Quick reminder, guys, for a dollar for a year, that's what you get. You get the Founders Club hat. You also get access to the BengalTiger.com. 
A quick reminder that we've said on the podcast, if you subscribe, you have to find the instructions on the site to claim your hat. Uh, we bump them every few days. If you can't find them, DM me on Twitter, DM me on the site, email me, um, whatever, and we'll quickly get those sent over to you. A lot of people have jumped on board. I think um, corporate said we had about probably 50 in one day get redeemed. So we are cruising on subscribers, inching closer to 4K. So help us get there um, before the end of the year. Make make our end of the year. That That's our goal um, here. Another goal for LSU is uh, to knock it out of the park and land two of their top three uh, remaining targets really on the recruiting board, both of which which were on campus this past weekend for official visits. Isaac Smith, the four-star safety out of Mississippi, as well as five-star defensive back Desmond Ricks, uh, who's on campus for his final official visit as well. Both are set to announce decisions during the early signing period. And look, Shay, I mean, you you had tidbits all weekend uh, for the subscribers on the site what the guys were doing on campus, how the staff maybe tweaked it a little bit as well to kind of make one lasting impact with this group. Let's start with Isaac Smith because he's going to announce a decision on Wednesday from what we hear. He's down to LSU and Mississippi State from what we you know gather. Uh, he's kind of played things close to the vest, but if you want an update on him, Isaac Smith, Chad Simmons dropped that on our site on Sunday. So check that out at thebengaltiger.com. Shay, what's kind of your read on this? Because like you've said, Mississippi kids are tough to kind of pull out of that state. But at the same token, LSU has some things working for itself here. Yeah, that's why I think this one is tough to read. And I think it's probably tough on Isaac Smith here. I think he has a true interest in LSU. I think that they've recruited him heavily across the most important part of his process. So even as the out-of-state team, they are offering up a real threat to get him out of Mississippi, which I always say is extremely tough to do, even for the Bamas of the world. you It's just when Mississippi State and Ole Miss want a kid and they're at the top of their wish list, they typically do what they have to do to keep him in state and no different than Louisiana. Um, but I'll say that he's – look, this is a kid at one point, Billy, who looked like he like Vanderbilt-led. He – very much is looking at a bigger picture. I think the LSU staff thinks that he fits in well with what Brian Kelly is looking for in guys. He's a great football player at Itawamba. I mean, offense, defense, special teams, he does it all. He would play safety at LSU. He gave him that last visit, which is big. I just go back to knowing that Mississippi State, as they now, obviously, the tragic passing of Mike Leach and naming D.C. Zach Arnett, the coach, gives them some stability in the short term for sure. Signing day coming up. He's been a big part of, you know, this staff has been a big part of recruiting all of these guys. He's been the DC. He's helped lead the charge on Isaac Smith. And Isaac Smith is a top player left on Mississippi State's board. So it's tough for me to just be like, done deal. LSU is going to win out. They've got all these connections. He played with the bootleggers. Uh, the LSU staff feels good about it. I think everybody is going into these final 72 hours thinking, man, we did everything we could, but does something happen here at the end where he just, he wants to stay home. He just does stay home, whatever it might be. So I'm, I'm riding the fence here. And, and that's no surprise for a kid who wants to decide on signing day and is still taking visits, you know, four days out. Yeah. You know, Kai Prion was, uh, 
on campus with him as well. And and there were teammates on the Louisiana bootleggers seven on seven team. And, and Kai was doing a little bit of recruiting for the Tigers as well. Uh, they had a slew of commits on campus, you know, Shelton Sampson, Ricky Collins, uh, Christian Brathwaite, you caught up with him. Uh, I caught up with Kai and look, he said, you know, kind of, he didn't give up much. These kids aren't trying to you know blow up their, their relationships or, or um, friendships with their uh, fellow kind of recruiting classmates and all of that. But he said, we have that chemistry. We built it through seven on seven. And uh, that's kind of the pitch is kind of keep it going. Let's stay on the same team and do that. I know it's seven on seven, but that that's kind of his message to him. So again, I think this is going to be a very interesting one to follow too close to call. I would say right now for sure, but um, you can bet LSU in these last you know 48 hours before he uh, makes his decision, they're going to be, you know, continuing to hammer the points that they did. Um, from what we gather, I don't think a commitment was made on the visit. And look, it's just a bunch of positivity from both sides right now. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. I think we'll know more on this one Tuesday. You know, as he really makes a final decision, that's when staffs start to get either a yes or a no or a feel for, hey, this might not be us. So I think right now we're in the letting the dust settle from the weekend kind of portion of this. Yeah, no question about it. Um, we'll see how LSU, you know, finishes up with both of these guys who you know, took their last official visits, you know, to LSU. So we'll see how the last official visit card goes with them. The next one, Desmond Ricks, five-star defensive back, huge, huge target for the Tigers. Um, I caught up with a couple sources. You caught up with a couple sources. No decision made. Chad Simmons, our national recruiting analyst, posted posted some intel. We're not expecting right now these coaching staffs to really get word uh, from Desmond Ricks. They might early in the day on, on Thursday when he makes his commitment, uh, that decision is set for 5 30 PM central time. We do have that one nailed down. Uh, so yeah. 5 30. And, and for those not that aren't seeing me on the podcast here on YouTube, I'm visibly upset. So signing day is actually Billy a signing period. It's the early signing period. The period is Wednesday to Friday. Unfortunately, there is no period after Wednesday. You've actually got to drag this out two more days. Everybody, like 99% of guys sign Wednesday. Rick's is signing Thursday. So now everyone has to wait a whole nother day to figure out, fans, which way this is going to go. And until 5.30 in the afternoon? Well, and on top of that, Brian Kelly's going to meet with the media, I believe, on the 20th. Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes. So... We won't even hear anything from Brian Kelly if the Tigers pull this one off either until when they get to Orlando. I mean, they'll they'll probably release a statement if they get him, you know, breaking him down potentially, but that'll be and about it. Here's the other thing, and then we'll get into Rick's so that I can preface everyone. They've got a top five class right now. They have 25 commits. Signing day will be Wednesday. Brian Kelly will talk to everybody, media on Wednesday, talk about the class. Unless they get Isaac Smith or flip Camorian Pimpton, they won't be getting anybody on signing day. Now, obviously, that's if they miss on Ricks and don't get Pimpton. But high school-wise, they wouldn't have an announcement that day. Thursday obviously sets up for Desmond Ricks. That's one everybody's watching. But I don't want to hear any negative, this day couldn't have gone worse. We didn't even get anybody. Quite often, that's the point. You don't want to have to go into signing day hinging your hopes on landing a bunch of guys. Nothing's wrong with one guy, Isaac Smith, another guy the next day, Desmond Ricks. But 
having 25 guys in the boat is what mattered. Let me, I just want to get that out there before we get to Wednesday. Shay, we're 15 minutes in and you have dished on two lessons today. We're going to have to call this podcast the the professor. You're going to have to. Well, it's signing day week. You usually moderate heavy on the board. I'll moderate the podcast. If you're listening, do not freak out if Wednesday they don't get anybody committed. I'm not saying they won't, but it also does not warrant a freak out. I agree. Um, Recruiting is always more so about the guys you get that can't play for you in a way. Uh, as well as that high-end talent. And look, they're after three guys that are high-quality players, but they also have a lot of high-quality players committed and are set to sign. They've locked down this class, and we're kind of going on a – we'll talk a little bit more about this later on, but they've done a really good job, I feel like, locking down this class late. There's been some that have had buzz around them potentially flipping, and we'll talk about a couple of those in a bit, but it's starting to get a little quiet, which is good, we think. We'll see what Wednesday brings uh, and if there are any surprises. But back to Desmond Ricks, I spoke with a source close to his recruitment, um, and there's a lot of buzz around LSU in this one still. You know, this is a kid that saved LSU for his last official visit. LSU had the buzz going into the month of December. Alabama and Florida are still in the mix for him. They're the three finalists, those three SEC schools battling it out. You know, as far as what I hear about it, so far, I, I like where LSU stands. There's a lot of time between now and Thursday at 5 p- 5.30 p.m. Central, but LSU did a good job on its visit. They laid out the red carpet. Uh, there are a lot of angles that LSU has to play in this one that are going for them. And if everything comes together, and we've talked about NIL with him before, I like where LSU stands to get them. Now, you can't count out Alabama just about ever. We see them picking up a on three RPM pick for Caden Proctor, the five-star offensive tackle. They're going to try to close strong as well. Florida is probably the school I kind of hear least about at the time. Um, Gators just, they had that first official visit. It's hard to really kind of hold off uh, the other two schools that that have certainly recruited him really hard and really well uh, when it comes to that battle. So going into his decision, I would say LSU-Alabama battle. Uh, The Tigers have done all they can here. I think at this stage, probably good news on the way, but this camp is going to lock it down. They're going to uh, not do interviews from what we've kind of heard. Uh, so Intel will be hard to glean. It'll be a lot of calling people around them, calling you know LSU, Alabama, Florida sources, and trying to get a feel for how this one stands. It's going to be a really interesting finish with Desmond Ricks. Chad Simmons said, look, it wouldn't, sh- it wouldn't shock us if it was any of the three, but I would still say LSU right now has the buzz around this one. And if you're an LSU fan, this you're happy to this point because there is nothing more they could have done. He visited for multiple games this year. He was around this summer. He made an off-season visit to LSU in the spring. Uh, he's put LSU into his final group every time it was trimmed down. He gave LSU the final visit before he's announcing. He reclassified, which kind of shrunk his recruitment in a big way when uh, essentially skipping his senior year, becoming a senior uh, in the middle of his final year of high school. But he's ready to go, like sign, enroll, and a lot of signs have pointed towards LSU. You mentioned NIL. I also just think, Billy, it's the reality that what LSU and Bama do, th- those two programs can offer up n- head coaches that have developed a long line of guys, the highly successful winning at the college level, 
Both of them have won the West in the past year. You know, Bama's obviously won the West a ton recently. Um, but I think LSU has a real need at corner. Bama doesn't because Bama is stable and recruited very well and doesn't have some mass attrition across the board like LSU did the past couple of years. For me, Desmond Ricks is so big. And I see people saying, well, we need to make a big splash at the end. We need to prove we can beat Bama on a guy. We need to prove we can compete with Bama and Florida on the NIL front and on and on. I think it's as simple as this. LSU needs Desmond Ricks because they have to get back to recruiting corners that are freshmen in college, that are not coming in as grad transfers, that they can develop. And you get back into that mold of, you know, Stingley and Fulton and um, Eli Ricks who left and uh, Kevin Tolliver. And uh, the list goes on and on all the way into the Tredavious Whites and guys who are off to the NFL. But they Dante Jackson, they always did it with young corners who they developed and played early. And by the time they were sophomores and juniors were some of the best players in the conference. If you want that, you got to land a guy like Desmond Ricks. That's just why I, that's the only thing I'm looking at. If they, how they need to close this out, the importance of it is not beating Bama is not in a NIL discussion is not making a splash. It's getting a cornerback into that room who puts you back on a path of developing and earning the moniker of DBU, which they're not right now. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, Rick's would be a huge addition. Obviously we've touched on JV and Toviano a little bit and, and certainly he's physically ready to go. He told me he's trying to find somebody opposite of him. Now, does he mean Camorian Pimpton? Uh, does he mean Desmond Ricks um, in terms of his last targets? He's trying to team up with someone uh, and is now recruiting heavily he tweeted at Desmond Ricks while he was on his official visit. So JV and Toviano taking that leadership role in the class late um, as you would expect from him. So um, look, I, I think we'll continue to monitor obviously both of these guys definitely jump on the site a dollar for a year uh, to get the Intel and, and certainly get you a free hat as well. Uh, but Shay, there are also transfer official visitors on campus, a pair of them actually, and one more as well. Uh, for an unofficial visit. We'll touch on all three. Braden Swinson, the Oregon Edge transfer. Um, we've kind of both heard good things going into this visit. And and certainly, judging by social media, it looks like a matter of uh, not not if, but when uh, Braden Swinson, the, the Oregon transfer, jumps on board. Yeah, and look, this is a guy who, from Georgia, um, I mean, you look at his family and his social media post while on the trip, and it's a little bit different than being a high school recruit when you're like you're exploring all these options and not really giving it away all times of what you're going to be doing. Transfers are more like I'm on the visit and I want to come. Like this is a blast. And he was this family was like can't wait to see him play in Tiger Stadium. So you get the sense that things are obviously trending to LSU. Let us remember his or LSU's D line coach Jamar Kane recruited him to Arizona State. Uh, whenever he was coming out of high school in Georgia. So he already knows both the kid and his family. So that helps, you know, give you a massive leg up. Not He can't visit a bunch of schools where he already knew the D-line coach, and so did his family. So he would fit into that Jack linebacker edge spot, which B.J. Ojolari gone, uh, leaves it vacant. I think Deshaun Womack is a guy you'd obviously love to have in that spot starting, but you can't have just one. Um, you also don't know if Womack will be ready game one. You've got Xavier Carter, a couple other guys you could test out there. But adding a guy like Swinson, to me, gives them both depth and just numbers at, you know, another experienced body 
at a position where now they've really got to fill it with given Ojolari basically played every snap that the position offered up. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, no question about it. Huge position of need, as well as the the rest of the defensive line. I mean, we've talked about it on the board ad nauseum. You know, prayers up for everybody. I can't do it on the podcast, too. <laughs> but we will, too hit, much. we will hit on two more transfers, both of which, sorry to say, Shay, uh, are on the defensive line. And, well, uh, they're D-tackles, and this is making me feel better, or at least interior-type guys. Yes, and look, to set the stage, I mean, in 2023 – LSU has Mason Smith and Makai Wingo coming back. They have Jacoby and Guillory as a guy who's played a good bit. This is a strong defensive line. This is a strong defensive tackle and most likely defensive line rotation at the top of it. It really is. Now, you want to add depth, guys. That's the key. Jaqueline Roy hasn't announced his intentions, but, you know, look, it wouldn't shock me if he went pro. If he does, now you've got to go ahead and address that position with more depth. And not everyone is going to want to come in and play behind All-American Mason Smith for their final two years or go you know, play and try to battle with Makai Wingo, who just had a great year. So it's going to be a, a position that you're going to have to add depth and load up in 2024. And they bring in Paris Shand, who we talked about, the Arizona transfer. He's going to factor in here as well. He's from Toronto. Uh, he's got Rutgers. He's got a couple others in there. It's kind of one of those recruitments that's probably what is the best fit for him, both on and off the field. It might not be LSU, but he went all the way out to Arizona to start things out, and LSU impressed him. We haven't caught up with him yet. He was traveling all the way back home after his visit, but we're supposed to catch up with him today. Um, Shay, this is one that probably could go a bunch of different ways at this day, yeah. at this time. I mean, it's easy to read Swinson. He went to Oregon. He's from Georgia. He was buddies with guys on LSU's team, like Mason Smith in high school, just from being recruited and going to different camps. And he wants to get back closer to home. Shand is a Canadian who played high school ball in Connecticut, who then went to college in Arizona. So you really don't even get a feel for, does he want to stay out West? Does he want to go back home? Does want to go to the Southeast for the first time. So visiting LSU and Ole Miss, obviously he's got some interest. He had seen Rutgers. Um, I don't know. Like I, like you said, we haven't talked to him. We don't know what his timeline is, but uh, we've seen it before with these portal guys. Some will drag it out a month. Some will just do it the next day. So we will monitor it and let y'all know what we hear. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I, I think there's, there's going to be, you know, ebbs and flows with this. There's a lot more guys that'll enter the portal throughout, you know, the next I think month, we have a month until the window closes, just under a month, and then they'll be able to take visits in the spring and kind of ride that out if they um, choose to enter the portal uh, right before school uh, starts back up for a lot of these guys. The last one we'll touch on, there's been some buzz around Florida defensive line transfer Jalen Lee, another who would fit into that defensive tackle spot. He's a former Live Oak standout. He was committed to LSU at one point. 
um, I believe. And if I'm remembering right, I'm pretty sure he was. And uh, look, he ends He's up going committed to for like eight months, probably yeah. until right before signing day. That's right. And, um, you know, Ed Ogeron parted ways with him. He goes to Florida, uh, still signs in the SEC. He's been a depth piece for the Gators. He played his most football this past season and was really talked up in fall camp, too, by Florida Gators defensive line coach Sean Spencer. Jalen Lee just kind of ends up being a rotational guy. Now looking for a fresh start. He's in the portal. Um, he's gotten some attention attention from other colleges, but wouldn't shock me if LSU went in that direction as well. And you talked to his dad and kind of got a feel that, you know, this week we could be hearing something. We've talked about it on the board that these things happen quickly. Um, he's gotten some offers. And look, his dad told you he's got some offers. We don't know what they are. It drives home the point that a lot of kids, Billy, in the portal do not post their offers. They're not talking about them. Um, I talked to a number of guys, Greg Brooks and them, a year ago. They social media, as far as social media was concerned in interviews, they went into the portal and then they committed to LSU. There was still a lot that happened in there where they were getting offered by other schools. So LSU probably does have a number of offers or at least like strong interest in trying to set up a visit, which would lead to an offer out there. And I think it'll heat up after signing day. So this week it'll begin to kind of shift the focus from high school to the portal. Uh, and from there, we just see as bowl games happen, Billy, I think that's when a lot of guys are going to start going in, excuse me, right after the bowl game. So it'll heat up there. You got to like, middle of January. So like almost another month of portal action. And remember this, the 45 day window is just a window to enter the portal. If you're in the portal and the portal window ends, you can still be recruited by schools. You can take visits, all that. So the portal action will just continue all spring. No question about it. And lastly, in terms of high school prospects, and we'll kind of close with some final thoughts on, on the early signing period, even though we've, we've done a lot of that already. Kamorian Pimpton, the four-star tight end out of North Crowley, Texas, who is committed to Vanderbilt, was on campus in Austin for his official visit this past weekend. So look, you can, you can peg this one right now. And he had his, um, they had their, their team awards dinner last week before he went on his trip to Austin. And he didn't have Vanderbilt stuff up there. He had three pictures. He had one of him on his Vanderbilt visit. He had one in Texas gear and one with LSU gear. So very much going into the early signing period as a, I would call him basically an uncommitted prospect. Now, the wild card to that, Vanderbilt has held his commitment for a long time. They were on him very early, a great early eval uh, by, by Clark, Leah, and um, uh, the Vanderbilt staff over there. He's somebody that, wouldn't shock us if he stayed with Vanderbilt. Wouldn't shock, of, shock us if he went to LSU. There's not, I would say, coming off the Texas visit, because he made it, they're certainly in the mix. Uh, and, and obviously, the Longhorns are pushing a lot late to keep him in state. Uh, but LSU's done a good job recruiting him as well. This is another one that's starting to look like it could go a bunch of different ways. Even, you know, Kamorian Pimpton said, you know, there's a lot of positives with each of these three schools. Yeah, look, I think that this is one of those situations, Billy, where if he were uncommitted right now, I think that LSU could beat out Vandy. I think it's the fact that Vandy was on him, but way before he went to North Crowley, which he transferred, went there as a senior, blew up, moved up to the number six tight end in the country, 
LSU and everyone else comes calling. Texas, the in-state school, comes calling. They were on him all offseason and into the summer. They got his commitment, and he's grown close to their staff, and he gave them his word. And I think he's – I don't know if struggling is a word. Maybe he sticks with Vandy, and he felt very great about it. But I do know that even just looking at other schools from talking to sources at a number, all of these schools involved, everyone is like, look, this is a great kid, and he is – truly torn over, hey, if I were to go to a different school, it's not Vandy. I'm going back on my word and I'm going back on coaches who were there for me and that I've got a great relationship with. So, yeah, it's it, on a surface level, LSU, Texas, Vanderbilt, you certainly would be surprised to hear Vanderbilt, someone that has his commitment and still has his commitment as we inch closer to signing day here, Billy. I think that's just how to best sum it up. He LSU needs tight ends desperately. They want him badly. They rolled out the red carpet and got him on an official visit. They went in home with him twice, including with Brian Kelly this past week with a lot of coaches right before the Texas visit. So LSU is showing him how much they need him, want him, want to make him a priority. But this is one where the ball's in his court. I would just say for LSU fans, if he flips, it's an unbelievable signing day surprise. It's a guy who can help right away next year. It's a position of need. If he doesn't flip to LSU, say la vie. I mean, the kid was committed to Vanderbilt. He stuck with it. That And if he flips to Texas, well, then a school that's close to home that offered a week before he was going to announce was able to get him. There, then there was nothing you were going to be able to do about that. So I file this into the – and he's really the only one in the folder since I don't think Jordan Hall is going to LSU of potential just signing day surprises. Yeah, and uh, Jordan Hall, Shay mentioned him, four-star defense tackle, top 50 prospect out of Florida. Um, our Corey Bender, who uh, you know covers Gators uh, for recruiting, flipped his commitment prediction to uh, Georgia or put one in. I, I thought it was on Florida, but anyway, it uh, looks like the Bulldogs are going to get Jordan Hall too. So one that uh, LSU just couldn't overcome Georgia, and Georgia had the lead forever in that one. Uh, so the that one makes a lot of sense. But yeah, Pimpton would be, I think would be a great, like feather in the cap for Wednesday, you know, Isaac Smith would be really nice. I wouldn't sweat that one necessarily either way, really good player, but LSU's also remade that safety room in a big way um, during this, this entire 2023 class, the tight end room getting there. You've got Mac Markway, but he hasn't played in, you know, almost two and a half years. You have Jackson McGohan, who I, I think looks like a really nice addition. He just needs to get bigger in the weight room, but he's also got the production and athleticism to play early. Um, and you have Mason Taylor on the roster. Morian Pimpton, Pimpton brings something that is not on the LSU roster right now. So if they can get him, that'd be great. We'll find out Wednesday, trying to nail down what time his ceremony is, as well as Isaac Smith for Wednesday. So stay tuned for that. We do have a couple of players that I think we should probably touch on, Shay. One we won't spend much time on. Dalen Austin is going to take things to the spring. The four-star corner committed to LSU. Um, he was on camp on Louisville's campus this past weekend. Wouldn't shock us if Oregon gets him back on campus. He's had a bunch of schools that are still trying to get him on campus. Um, so he'll take it to the spring. We'll kind of tackle that one after the fact. But I think two guys that are starting to trend towards locking it down and signing to LSU, and one in particular I feel really good about, Four-star offensive lineman DJ Chester. Auburn made its push, didn't get him on campus this past weekend. Florida State had him in for an official visit. And after that, um, or actually the uh, he canceled his Florida State official visit. Who am I kidding? LSU went in home and was able to get that one canceled. So 
looks like things are trending well for DJ Chester to sign with the Tigers. And then another one I'll note, and we're still trying to lock down his uh, signing time, is four-star wide receiver Jalen Brown, one of the top wideouts in the country. I think a true difference maker in this class. I know they've got a good group of receivers committed, but I think he is just as good um, you know, as you know, plenty in the country. Um, kind of ran into some issues with quarterback this year, got dinged up a couple games, but still a big-time playmaker and somebody that um, if you're LSU, you're feeling good about, I think, now that he didn't make any visits uh, or check out any other programs. 100%. Got to lock him down in the trenches. And Zalon's heard, didn't make any other visits. He's your five-star offensive tackle out of Neville. Uh, and then Tyree Adams, who was going to make other visits, your top 10 offensive tackle out of St. Aug, did not. Both visited LSU the same weekend. That was two weekends ago. So kudos, Brad Davis. Got all four of his O-linemen to the finish line, it appears. Yep, and Paul Mabenga uh, did switch from signing late to signing early. He's going to do his ceremony with his teammates Tuesday night instead and then sign bright and early Wednesday morning. So a high upside guy that LSU gets on that front. So with that, Wednesday is the start of the early signing period. We will have your full coverage on TheBengalTiger.com. Definitely subscribe for a dollar for a year. Hit that subscribe button to our YouTube channel as well. A um, lot of exciting things to come. We're excited to unveil our new sponsor that we just got off a call with as well. So when that gets uh, all finalized, we will uh, share that with you guys as well. If you'd like to sponsor the podcast, reach out to us um, and let's chat. Let's chat business. But Shay, um, business for LSU, doing well going into the early signing period. Should be a fun couple days on the site. Be sure to check it out. We'll also have Matthew Bruni. Uh, leading the way on the Bengal Tiger podcast for the early signing period. I believe he's going to go live for a bit as we track it all. As Brian Kelly's first full class heads into uh, the early signing period, looking pretty darn good. So with that, Shay, anything else? That is it. For Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Amadi. Thanks for, the, thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast, and we will check back in with you guys later this week. Have a good one, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.